The Prepped Adelaide Marathon is on again. Register now for the Prepped Marathon, Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Ciccone 10K or 5K event. Seize your personal best with Prepped and get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au. Welcome to episode number 299 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We've got a big show coming at you this week. Moose and I both have race recaps. We've got uh, Jen Gregson popping in in about 25 minutes to tell us about her Sydney Harbour 10K win yesterday and a bit about her uh, Gold Coast Marathon from a few weeks ago as well. Moose on the loose looks good. Uh, Runner news, Australian records are going down everywhere again. Big breakthroughs, two diamond leagues to talk about, all the usual segments that you know every week on this podcast. Welcome to my co-host, it's up in Canberra, Bradley Croker, how are you this week? Doing all right, Brady. That's good, I'm glad to hear you're doing all right, Croker, because you've been a bit quiet in the message group the last couple of days, and I was just hoping that everything was okay. What's what's the update? Uh, Update is I go in for surgery in two weeks. Okay, shit, that happened quick, didn't it? Yeah, so I got a text message, uh, when was it, I was at work last Tuesday, um, and it was from the, I guess, Royal Melbourne, um, you know how you, you know how you have that, like, health hub thing, where you, like, you have, like, appointments in there and stuff like that, so anyway, I had to go in and register, and then when I opened it up, there was two telehealth appointments for next Monday, one was um, with an anaesthetist, and another one was, like, a cardiologist review, um, and so I'm like, oh, okay, does like obviously things are starting to happen now. So I actually sent that through to Brett Coleman to say, because I was a bit confused by it. There wasn't any other information. And I'm like, does this mean I've got surgery that day? He's like, oh, probably not. And then the next day an email came saying, uh, you're booked in for Monday the 7th of August, um, which is two weeks today uh, down in Melbourne. Things are moving quick. That's good. Good news. Good news. Welcome to you as well, Moose. I didn't think we'd go straight into that, but welcome to you for episode number 299. So look, let's give Croaks a bit of me time. Let's let him. <laughs> he's been waiting to tell us that. Didn't tell us in the message. Do you reckon group, that's so... why he's been quiet in the message group? Yeah, yeah just hold the hold the news off. Just little, well, I don't have much to bit. give you guys, so I might as well just <laughs> wait for the recording button to be pushed. We're recording. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Good I say podcasting. Do I. Good podcasting from you. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't have got the same effect from me if uh, if I knew that already. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so we're going to drive down on the Sunday, and then uh, yeah, surgery. Monday, still not exactly, like I know they're going to do an ablation, um, but I'm not sure if they're going to do anything else. Um, yeah, and then go from there. So it's, yeah, it's good that it's like, what, it's been, it'll be six and a half weeks from when I first 
got diagnosed with it to having surgery. So that's a pretty, pretty good turnaround. Yeah, that's really okay. good. Very good. Jeez. Mm. What are you like on the elite athlete list or something? Well, the... I don't know. Because when I had my telehealth appointment, he's like, just look, I'm just letting you know that the normal wait time for this is, is currently like 18 months. And he's like, but it's not like you're going to get in well before 18 months. And he said he thought it'd be one to two months. Um, and so it's more like the one month. Mm. That's great. That's great so, news, mate. Great yeah. news. Yeah. You go come down to Moama on the way through to Melbourne. Stay a night here. Uh, have a couple nah, of beers. Come a bit got, inland. Um, no, we've already got Viv's parents uh, coming to look after the kids, oh, yeah. so we can't, can't sort of add yeah, extra add nights <laughs> as a holiday. Could have been nice. Maybe, I'm, maybe another yeah. time. Because I don't know how long I'll be down there for. Like, I'm guessing it'll be I might have to stay in one night and then maybe home the next day, um, depending on what they what they do. So it's just like a little key. Oh, no, you said go up through the groin, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Through the groin. And yeah. then when they get in there, they figure out if the defib goes in or not. Look at yes. them, don't they? So they send like electrodes into the heart and then, um, yeah, basically send like, I guess, an electrical current through and to work out where the problem area is. And then they sort of burn off that problem area so that's that's the ablation but he did speak about you know probably needing a defibrillator at some point and I, I don't know whether that would that probably wouldn't happen in the same um same procedure they'd probably schedule it for another time if 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 that's needed how, how big is this defibrillator mm, uh, i don't know it sits sort of underneath your collarbone i think i don't think it's huge what's it made out of i don't know yeah, will you beep going through airport security from now on uh, if they said you can't, you know, where they have the, the wand, the yeah. metal detector yeah. wand, they said you can't get, you can't get it near that. What well, sets it off? Well, I think it's not, yeah, I don't know. Oh shit. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it, it charges it up or something. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's good. It's good having surgery, but it's still like, I know it's a, it's a pretty common procedure, but it's still weird to think that they're going up into your heart to do Yeah, stuff. I was going to ask that, like, is uh, it safe? Well, yeah, like he, well, yeah, he gave me the whole, I guess, doctors have to say, look, there is a chance of, you know, you're dying on the table. Um, but I'm sure he just, you know, that's just their standard sort of, because there is a risk of that. But he said, look, it's very, very low risk um, given your sort of background and, you know, they do heaps of them. So, um, yeah, so like I'm not worried about dying on the table, but it's still weird. Like it's not like you're going to surgery on your Achilles, you know, yeah. it's like this is your heart. Um, yeah, not getting nine infusion. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks today. Yeah. Okay. So I probably won't be probably won't be two weeks in two weeks on the show. Well, you'll be here in spirit, mate. We'll be thinking of you <laughs> from your hospital bed. Reckon uh, we could um, reckon we could get a camera up and live stream. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could commentate. Patreon only. <laughs> that kind of content would put me on a paywall. Um, Moose, what have you been doing? Oh. Go so, through your week. I, I, I right, didn't yeah, want to rush it, but we do have a guest coming in 15 minutes, yeah, and I know yeah, how yeah. long your weekly recaps go. Well, let me be quick just for you, Brady. So I ran in the morning pretty sore half an hour on Monday, and then I ran up half an hour from around where the new house is that we're moving to, so that was pretty fun. So I got bought a new house, Brie and I, and um, it's around the corner from my mum, and it's around the corner from where I grew up with, uh, where I grew up. So it's pretty cool uh, to to be moving there in a couple of weeks. And there's very good running right close by. 
so we've just been sort of going up every now and then and getting our loops together working out how far we can go and where the good 2k 3k flat spots are um so you so just drive to this new house and then like yeah, you're not like, you're not in there yet nah but it's a k from where we live now but it's up a fuck off hill so to get up to the top is really big hill um oh, it's yeah. an angle seat hill I, so you can I yeah can see on this driver here I'm just, yeah, top, you, I'm just typing it into realestate.com the street you won't, oh you won't find that um i reckon i've got it how much it cost you it doesn't say <laughs> it doesn't say that because i've made sure it doesn't say that all right correct have a look at this one i'm going to put in a group chat up on a hill with a view i'm guessing uh yeah not cheap anglesey heights you pay, actually, a bit, you pay a bit extra for that postcode do you it was convenient it was a convenient sale for me because um the the lady was like 96 or something and so she the family like put found a home for it already so they're like we got to get rid of it so i got real lucky here oh no this isn't a 96 year old house the one that i'm sending through croaks but nah not a 96 year old house it was built in like the no 60- like a 96 year old wasn't living in this one. Oh, okay yeah 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 anyway um so that's where i've been driving to uh Oh yeah, no, that's a piece of shit. That's directly opposite my um, that's directly opposite my uh, parents' house. That's a piece of shit. That thing. I remember they brought that house in, and it, it was like a fucking kit home, and the whole street was wondering what what was happening. And it was this old European dude who spent all his money on the block, and then he bought in like a caravan, and just lived in. The... <laughs> anyway. So the um, one he's calling a piece of shit, Chris. This is out for one point four mil. Yeah. Yeah, it is a piece of shit. That's why it's still up there. It's been up there for bloody ages. Anyway, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, ran with Ali for 70 minutes on the Tuesday. Did some um, hill repeats. So eight by 10 sec hill sprints at the end of the run. And then did a workout with her the next day. Well, not with her, but we would, we did the same workout um, at the same location at the same time. So it was seven minutes uh rest i'm not i'll click into it just um seven minutes then two by three minutes then four by 90 seconds then six by 45 seconds and so uh the goal like i didn't really have paces to to hit and then i didn't have anything showing i just went off effort so i wanted to make each rep a bit faster or harder so seven minutes i did at 315 two minutes jog three minute 302 304 that was off um 90 second jog then 90 second reps 258 253 257 252 took a minute jog between them and then 45 second reps 54 49 50 50 58 46 this was this was a good workout and this was one like i've been doing a lot of workouts with ali and being at her pace and this was sort of a good one to go off and do my own paces and i would link back with her sort of jog back for a little bit um meet her start the rep she still it in the first two minutes she still thought that all the workouts that we've done together were like at my limit and that i couldn't have gone faster if i wanted to so she got this sort of sudden realization two minutes into this rep when she dropped way back and and i felt fine um that she's like oh shit maybe maybe he was telling the truth all along because in her head i could tell when i said oh yeah that was that wasn't too bad for me 
she's like, yeah, right, that was hard for you, just as hard as it was for me. So it was nice to be able to do that to her, jog back, shuffle back to her while she's gasping for air. Uh, the total K is nearly 10K, 335 average. So the jogs were pretty slow, but the ons were, were on. Uh, a bit of a, a warm-up. I like the cut-down workouts before races. Um, so then next day was pretty cruisy. Again, just two doubles, 30 minutes, 32 minutes. There, 12K. I went to the Werribee Zoo that day. That was fun. Um, 12K with with Ali again that following day, a few surges. And then race day, so Bandura. Um, Bandura 10K cross country. What to say about this? Well, Croaks, you know how Brady... For, I, it's hard for me to give a race report without commenting on Brady here. Apparently <laughs> comment on me. I know, but I just feel Didn't like... Didn't see me till 6K. No, boys. 5K? Maybe. Off. 2K? You went past me at the first at the at the start of the the 4k lap. No, I went past you at the top of the hill, on the second lap. Me nah. and apples. No. Nah. Yes. Anyway. Let's just say, Moose Brady. Were you like, delirious talk, or something? Brady massively talks down his fitness. Yeah. So then it makes your run look shit. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not true because that is a hundred percent what it was. I and have... also, this whole thing about, oh, I'm going to start easy, work into it, work yeah. into it, total bullshit. The bloke was with the pack that he finished with after about 3K. I went from 42nd croaks to 18th. You you went, the pack that you were with... After 2K, I was in 42nd position, went out nice and easy. With. I was talking. No, that's you not true. I, sm- I you... went past heaps of people. It was just me and apples. We just mowed people down oh, the whole race. Right. You and Kerners, apples, a court, people. I caught Kerners on the last lap. Yeah, I, no, you, that is, oh, yeah. God, you speak and then shit. he And then he went past me on the downhill. He put heaps of time into me. So yes. what, so, so Moose, like, what, so you're obviously, you're not, here, Kirk, you're, not, you're not happy with your run. Has, like, toweling Ellie up in sessions given you, like, way too much confidence in where you think you're at? I don't, I don't think that. I think last, I think the Sandown race, gave me too much confidence i got i took too much from that mm. I, I i ran that really well and i was really shocked at how fast i ran it and then i had a really good long run a couple like last week and i thought geez the hills feel fine and then i got in this run and i'm like i was 23rd i wasn't unhappy with that where i finished there were some guys ahead of me that i've been finishing even with or or beating um but again like People can have good days. Mm. I was disappointed with how pathetic I felt on the hills and when people ran away from me. I felt like I had no fight. I was insipid going up hills. That's a, that was the the term that I felt like as it was happening. I'm like, this is this is terrible form going up here. I feel like I'm jogging. I'm going so slowly. I was, uh, yeah. Maybe I'd, it's a cross. Maybe it's a cross country thing. Could be because. Oh, I also felt terrible on the grass. Like, as I was running the first lap, first K, I'm thinking, why does my ankles, why does my form feel awful? Like, when I hit the ground, I just have, my ankle is so stiff. Like, I've got limited mobility there. I think I'm getting arthritis in them. And so I was having a lot of trouble finding the right footing. And when I was in the packs that I was with, I couldn't see the ground because it was so tight. 
that I was struggling with that. So I really would like to see where my foot's where my foot placement's going to be. And so as soon as the pack ran off, Brady, that was the kind of the pack you were in. Yeah, 4.1K. Um, I've got it here on my Strava. As they ran off, I was like, okay, I can actually see the grass. Like I felt a lot more at ease. Uh, and I, like I, I really – I was disappointed in, in, in how I ran the race just from a performance perspective and, and how I felt on the hills. I thought I would be a lot stronger going up the hill, but I wasn't. And then I missed some breaks and missed some moves. And I'm not sure. I've been thinking a lot this week about performance and how what the, what determines if you're going to have a good performance or not. Because we're so invested in training philosophy and, and getting the fit, physical fitness like ideal, doing all these combinations of workouts and volume. And we make sure that we're as fit as possible. And then we have obviously like the mental side of training and we discussed that a bit but if you rock up on the day like what is it that determines if you have a good day or a bad day and and say like in the tour de france uh listen to the science of sport podcast they're talking about pogachar in that time trial maybe being two percent off his his ideal and jonas vinegard being two percent above his ideal and it created this big gap from two riders that were very similar but what determines whether you're going to be two percent over or two percent under like do you guys have thoughts on that mm, well part of it would be how much the race matters to you you're probably more likely to fight a bit more if it means more yeah i, I felt like this one mattered to me like i was nervous going in and i've been mm. thinking about it all week I think you're being harsh on yourself. Like twenty third with a field like that, and you would have ran through the field as well. Well, like, yeah, it's actually it was a pretty good run. It's more for me, Moose, going into the race. Did you think you'd beat Brady, or if you? Don't know. Take or, me or, out of it. Or, take... or, or, or how close did you think you'd get to Brady? He thought he was going to smash me. I reckon, Cokes. No, <laughs> he I gets how good I am on hills. I didn't think that I would beat Brady because, I mean, he's a two twenty guy, right? Come and that was only three weeks ago. So he, he he's going to be better. He's beaten me for the last three years. Like I can't remember coming even close to him in any race. So like I, I he's he's above me as a runner for the last three years. We we know that. So I wasn't expecting to beat him. He's top ten to top fifteen most rounds. Um, so yeah, that 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 was not an issue for me. I was just when he went past me, I was disappointed that I was like. Fuck, I can't even go with a bloke doing a progression. Like, I should be able to at least hold on here. And I couldn't. And that was what disappointed me. Yeah. Anyway. And I was just following Craig Appleby, who yeah, was doing who, the similar thing. Like, he ran Gold Coast 10 seconds in front of me last what, or three weeks ago. And he's a smart and, guy. Yeah. 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 And, oh, like, yeah. But, but sometimes, Moose, you just have a shit day. Like, because I don't just, think it was that shit of a day, though, Moose. Like, look at the yeah. names around you. It's pretty you're in, like, you're within 30 seconds. So, a lot of people who are very fit doing 150k weeks. Yeah, I would, I would like to come out at Ballarat and race it, taking away the cross country element. Hmm. Like, that would, that would, I'm not going to do it because it'll fuck with my marathon training, but that would be, I would like to do that. Um, just to get, a really like a really clear indication for me of where I'm at because if I if I take away the, the grass element the like me being uncomfortable on grass which I, I I really am 
and I think I could be fitter, just like where the proof Sandown wasn't a fluke. That's what I would be wanting to do. You know nothing, the guy that finished directly behind you, Moose? Three seconds behind you. Do you know what he ran at Sand at um, Albert Park? Which one? Max. Max, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know what he ran. He ran, he was just in front of me. I reckon he ran 30, 30, 30, 45 that day, somewhere around there. Like, and he's been doing all the cross country stuff. Like yeah, I reckon if, he had a stinker though at the cross at, at Bundura. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Sandown you, proves you're Sandown proves you're going okay. Like you, you're no worse a runner at Bundura than you were at Sandown. No, so that's the, fit, the yeah. fitness is. So it's your fitness is still there. That's what I'm. That's what I've been thinking about since Saturday. Is like what determines performance. Like I, I clearly haven't got fitter. I've got. I've. I mean, I've got fitter. Um, I haven't got less fit. So. Uh, what was it about Bandura that I couldn't perform? Was it some sort of pre-race thing? Um, was the nutrition not right? Did I race poorly? Is it is it a combination of grass and 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 sharp hills that I can't go anaerobic like I used to up those hills and recover? Because um, potentially it is that when I don't do any real anaerobic training, maybe going up those sharp hills puts me over the line and then I just can't recover from it. Maybe I don't know. Um, been thinking about it a lot. That's why I want another race just to get that out of my head. But I, I don't think I'm going to do it until the marathon. So you're not even going to do Ballarat at all? Or you're going no, to do a session? I'll, I'll do it as a session for the team. But I've been like today. I've got terrible DOMS, and I, I it's affecting my training again. Um, so if I'm not able to train three to four days after the race then to me that's problematic for the marathon and I miss a long run and I'm already short long runs so for me I'm going to go down and do that as a workout uh, I'm going to do a bit before and then run it as like a progression run so still score some points for Geelong but also get a quality workout in yeah um, you're committed to Sydney entry yeah in. yeah yeah no, entry's not in contract signed I'm committed to Sydney, yeah. Just waiting on what floor they put me on in the race hotel. <laughs> How many weeks <laughs> is it yesterday? Don't know. Uh, Probably I, should know that. Is it eight? It's like eight weeks. Yeah, it's, it's the week before Berlin, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's eight yeah. weeks. Okay. Berlin's nine weeks because that's what I know because we got a lot. there's a lot of people training for like Berlin, Sydney, Melbourne right now. Yeah, yeah it's eight weeks for yesterday. Plenty yeah. of time, plenty of time. You're in good shape. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right with. This. I'm all, I'm all right with it. I just need long runs. That's the thing I'm battling with. Hey, do you reckon you can add Jen Gregson into the conversation? Yeah, yeah. Seven yep, fifteen, we told her. So we'll see if we can get her now, and then we'll go my week, and we'll jump a bit around this week, listeners. But um, this was the only time Jen was available. So we'll see if we can get her on the line. Got some good questions lined up, Croaks. Oh, uh, few written down here. Yeah, I don't think you've written any of them down, but we'll just just read out mooses. Uh, should um, be good. Moose forgot his long run too. I think he ran. Oh, oh yeah, two, ran 32k. 32K or 30k. I was, I was sore too. Like had some doms. Um, then it was piss and rain. It was shit day. Not as bad as, not as bad as uh, how I felt today. But I'm going to try to do this. Let me. You guys talk. I'm going to try to work well, this out. Croaks. I was going to say to you, when when do you do the long run after a hard race, and when don't you? Mm. Like when's it? When do you actually just say, "Hey, I need twenty four hours to recover here"? 
I don't know. I reckon part of it's an age thing. Like I remember mm. when I was when I was younger. Like you'd go and race on the Saturday, and you'd still do your long run on the Sunday, but it's just it's cruisy. Whereas, yeah, like if you if you're completely sore, then there's probably not much benefit. Or I, I'd probably cut the long run a little bit. Yeah. Um. But but I would still I think there's still like, benefit in doing it. Yeah, I would still normally do a long run the day after a ten k race. Even if it's ten k cross country. Yeah. Okay. Even if you're as sore as Moose is. <laughs> Jane Gregson, I think we've got you there. Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. I've got a little intro here for you, so I'll just quickly read this out. The national uh, record holder for the steeplechaser and the second fastest debut marathoner ever from Australia three weeks ago at the Gold Coast Marathon in 228.33, where she came third, won the Sydney Harbour 10K yesterday in 32.19. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast. No, thanks for having me. I'm um, pumped to be here. It's been a while, and I think the last time I was on here, I was talking about a very tragic time in my life, so it's good that we're here for the highs. Well, I went back and listened to a bit of that today in prep for tonight, and you were, though, flagging the marathon journey, and that's the direction you <laughs> wanted to go in. So um, obviously a bit's happened between then, and it's a pretty successful. We'll go to Gold Coast first before we go to Sydney Harbour. Pretty successful day three weeks ago. Yeah, um, I think like that's probably the thing I'm most pumped about and just I guess proud is the best word because the marathon talk that I started having uh, post Tokyo um, was obviously my goal and it's definitely what I saw myself doing but I mean a huge part of me did think that it was a a hefty goal to take on and um, you know I didn't even know if the biomechanics of my leg would be the same when I returned after surgery so to actually be able to now say that you know really everything went to plan and I had a great debut it's just um, a a huge relief but I'm just yeah really proud of, of the last two years I guess. Yeah, we had um, Jess Stenson at our live show at the Gold Coast and she kind of made that same point, like you haven't just come back from childbirth and a change of event, but also like the Achilles surgery. So like there's been plenty of uh, challenges to get through. Yeah, like childbirth is honestly a factor that helped me. Um, In no way do I feel like that held me back because it was such a huge injury and mentally um, it knocked me about a lot. So to have Um, that whole period of of falling pregnant and then growing Archer and then, you know, having him and and then enjoying motherhood for the first time. That was all this kind of side part to to the whole journey that made it all so much more fun and, and gave me perspective that if things didn't work out, there was always you know, still so much going for me in my life. So um, the surgeries were obviously the thing that I was most worried about with coming back. Um, Archer was a little bonus along the way to help me stay mentally switched on and and keep a really even perspective. Yeah, but, like, what about the balance of, like, looking after a young child when you're trying to fit in the training? Like, that must have thrown a a huge challenge in there, that's something you didn't have to go through. Of course. I think I was probably a little naive coming in thinking um, a baby was just all fun and games. Um, But I think the hardest part I've found is um, having Ryan also try to still continue being a professional athlete. It's not like I can dump Archer on him whenever I need time uh, to, to put effort into my running. We kind of both really need to be selfish still with our sport. So that's been hard to to balance Archer and still both put enough time into our um, sports. But I've had honestly one of the best 
nannies in the world. My mum has like committed to me full time. She retired when she found out I was pregnant. She is pretty much been at our house every morning, especially for the big marathon sessions that came about. And uh, Ryan's family who are based in Sydney, I mean, we're here right now with them. Anytime we have a race and that there's an opportunity for them to be there, they take Archer off my hands and make sure that he's looked after. So it is a balancing act, but we have such a village of people around us that are, have, you know, their eyes on the same goals as us and are helping us any way they can. Yeah, great yeah. to hear. Jen, um, how's the how'd the body hold up to like the the um, like the marathon training, the, the the brutality nature or the the high volume, the, the like the, the fatigue, how did it hold up? Yeah, honestly, that was a, a huge worry. Again, going back on the, the thought of having two Achilles surgeries and then trying to take on the marathon training, I think that was the main worry I had and my coach had and, and really Ryan and I voiced a lot uh, leading into the marathon block. But the first thing we did is decide that the marathon block was going to be shorter probably than usual. But, I mean, that's not foreign to Nick's athletes. I know Izzy did a very short lead up into Melbourne. I think it's a good way to start. So we just didn't try bite off more than we could chew and made it more like an eight-week block. Um, but I also just – I have accepted the fact for now that doubling is not my thing. Like I, I – as much as I would love to run more, I just – I'm limited by what my body I think will allow. And to have health for this long now, I think I would be silly to just think I'm unbreakable. So we just cut out double running. I didn't – I honestly didn't cross-train because – I'm sure Ellie's probably voiced to you guys before um, when you're breastfeeding and you're, you're a mum for the first time, like your energy levels are just zapped before a marathon block, let alone trying to pile it all in on top of, you know, high mileage. So I cut out double runs, cut out um, cross training and just thought, let's make all my running sessions really quality. And really, other than the the long runs getting up to two and a half hours, that Friday session we do that can get you know anywhere between 20 and 25k of hard effort i just really tried to mentally stay focused for those big days and and really look after my body the days leading in and the days leading out and just make sure that there were no niggles that were worrying me i mean i had two scans in the build-up that were just anticipatory injuries i was kind of just thought you know that i'm a bit sore i am a prime candidate for a bone stress injury let's scan it and obviously both times they weren't anything we had to worry about but I was always in the mindset of let's not be silly here let's um, you know be realistic that I am juggling a lot and taking on a huge goal here that many people haven't been able to pull off post baby and yeah I just I'm so surprised that my body really did love this block um, I felt great I don't feel like I overdid it. I don't feel like I underdid it. I just felt by by Gold Coast Marathon, I felt absolutely perfect, ready to go. Hey, um, Jen, I know MTC, uh, when they're training for a marathon, do sort of similar sessions. What was the chat between you and Nick in the lead up in terms of what you thought you were capable of running on the Gold Coast? I think we were all <laughs> a little bit pessimistic um, only because – really like my training and I don't know if people say this I don't think my training was very good in the sense that I practiced the splits for for 228 229 for every session but that includes you know two minute recoveries in between the long reps 
Um, like I, it, would, it was really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that I could do marathon pace for all these sessions that were about 20K of work, but somehow I'm then meant to turn up and run that for 42K. That kind of scared me a little bit. And the whole time I was told from the meet director that we were going in for a 2.28 paced race uh, because some Japanese girls had also requested that. But about two days before the race, I'd got an email from the meet director saying pretty much everyone has pulled out that was in your group. It's up to you. You pick the pace and that's what Scotty Westcott will do. And I kind of went back to Nick, my coach then, and just said, like, I've got a chance now to have this race perfectly play out for me. What, what should we aim for? And we agreed that pushing the the pace back a little bit was safer than than trying to be ambitious. And that's when we decided to join up with Marnie Ponton's group and say, look, she wanted to run 229. That's the pace she was going to head out for. So I said, let's join forces and we'll pull our pace back. We'll meet you in the middle. Um, and, yeah, we set up for that 229 pace. And I just think that was such a blessing because I felt so comfortable and confident for pretty much, uh, I, I, I want to say the whole way. Like I never got to a stage where I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. If anything, at 30K, I came up beside Scotty and I said, Scotty, I'm feeling great. Like we're on here. Like I, I'm going to do it. And he said, all right, I'll take you all the way then. Um, and, yeah, I, I even at 35, still confident. Even at 37, when you turn around into the headwind, I came up to Scotty again and said, at 3K, I want to go hard for home but it was a bit ambitious because he surged and I fell off. Um, so then I just thought, okay, we'll wait, wait for 2K to go. And, and my last 2K was significantly faster, but it just showed I always, I was always there mentally and physically um, knowing that I would get to that finish line in a pretty good time. So I just think we planned it perfectly. I, I think if I had have tried to do anything faster and more ambitious, it could have been a totally different result. And I'm just so grateful that everything fell in my favor on that day. Jen, was there something, one of the workouts, kind of two parts of this question, any of the workouts in the build-up that you looked at and thought, oh, that's going to be really hard and it was actually really easy? And like the reversal, anything that you thought was going to be really easy and was actually quite difficult? Yep. So, I mean, you guys have probably heard a million times the sessions. It is um, like a kind of a skeleton layout that Nick uses for everyone. But the first session was the session I was most nervous about just because it was the first marathon session and it was so much bigger than anything I'd ever done in my life. And it's that 20 by 1K where it's just essentially 1K hard, 1K easy for 20K. Um, and I just was so nervous. I was talking about it so much. I didn't really sleep well the night before, but I just remember Brett Robinson saying, Jen, like, you got to remember when you run hard Ks, what are you running, like three O's? But for this session, it's so much slower. It's it's almost just like a, a threshold broken up. And it, it, he was right. I just had such a good session. I still remember Ryan being there when I was finishing my last K effort. And I was I kind of yelled out to him about something. And he goes, is this your on effort or your off effort? And I said, no, I'm on here. And he's like, oh, why are you talking? Like, you look fine. And afterwards, we were just both so excited where he's like, you know, maybe you are going to be able to do this. You you killed that session. You know, you thought it was going to be so hard. You didn't sleep well and, you know, you nailed it. So that was, I think, the most exciting part of the block is is doing one session and being like, it's not as bad as I'd, I'd built up in my head. I'm going to be fine. But then in reverse, every single session got harder and harder. So the fatigue sets in, the Ks pile up, um, and the reps, of course, they get longer. 
And so you go 2K reps the next week, then 3K reps the next week. And I just didn't expect that to keep getting harder and harder. So I would say the hardest one for me was actually 4 by 5K. Um, It's just a really long way to wrap your head around as a rep. Um, We do this huge session that um, Nick throws in, not for everyone, just sometimes, and it's 37K. And it starts with an hour run, you know, into a 8K threshold, into minute efforts over 20 minutes, then into a 5K all out as hard as you can go. And I loved it. It was just a, a something I've never experienced. And it was almost like running a marathon. Um, when I was doing that all out 5K at the end of the session, I'm obviously absolutely gassed, but it was a, a feeling I hadn't felt before. It wasn't like that 10K yesterday that I ran where you're getting lactic and and thinking, gosh, am I going to make it to the end? It's just a fatigue that you have to bear and get through. And I, I weirdly enjoyed it. And I just thought, <laughs> I, I think this event is going to be really good for me and I'm ready for it. You, Jen, you, you mentioned um, a few things now. Like, It kind of seems like every time you came to a crossroads, you took you, – you had to make a decision and you went on the cautious side, which yep. is like a sign, obviously, like you're an experienced athlete, but also you, you respected the marathon, um, which is what a lot of people don't, especially coming from the track, like – how hard, like the, the attitude of how hard is this going to be? It's so slow. Um, yeah. I can do whatever I want sort of attitude. Whereas <laughs> you've, you've obviously seen enough around the traps and been around long enough to know that it can, um, getting to the start line is the hardest bit. And also on the day, like making rash decisions goes wrong. But yeah. I also wonder if it's like separating yourself from the group and and training more around your own like specific level like you know you've you've always been part of a group i guess but now you're by yourself um Mm -hmm. do you reckon that played into your hands a little bit for this yeah i think so definitely but more so because of the athlete i am i am your typical wants to do every race wants to do anything possible to be better like if if there's a girl in my session that wants to run a faster rep I'm going to go with her if there's someone that's like hey who wants to do a double run I'm going to jump in like I I have no discipline when it comes to overworking and it's been definitely a flaw of mine my whole career and and yeah maybe that's from doing so many training camps and and being away from home for so long with the group I don't I haven't in the past made very good decisions when it came to my body and what was right for me. Um, I I haven't been good at being selfish, even with Ryan. Like if Ryan went for a double run and I just felt like I wanted to too, I would jump in without the thought of, you know, does my body need this? So I think you're right in the sense that having now my own setup, doing this marathon on a block on my own, even Ryan wasn't doing a marathon block. He was doing his normal weekly training. Um, it was purely catered to what I had to do and what I needed to do. And yeah, I had to be really smart because if I have the mentality where if if I have another major injury, like there does come a point where you got to call it. And, um, you know, I'm not going to use the age card because I think I'm still young in this, especially in this chapter, but like there's no, I can't re-rupture my Achilles because it's all over. I can't get a really bad um, stress fracture or fracture in my metatarsal like I've done in the past where it takes six months to to get back 
any major injury like that will derail my career because of where I'm at kind of just with my life um, and, and being a mum now, like I have other priorities. So I did want to be cautious and not make any errors if I could control it. And so just throwing in case for the sake of it wasn't an option. Um, running a similar lead up that Izzy might have done or that Sinead might have done, like I, I, I can't do that and I wish I could, but I, I'll, I don't think I'll really ever get to a point where I can run as much as those girls. So I just tried to do it a different mould and hope, like even then I'm acting like I knew it was going to work. I didn't think it could, I could pull it off until I physically crossed that line. So... Um, it did work. It did yeah, work. exactly. And that's what's so amazing about the, this whole journey is I did something that I wasn't even super sure about myself and to pull it off just gives me so much confidence in this event now because I have respected it so much to a point that I didn't even know if my body would allow me to get through the work, whereas now I think I can do it a different way and still be good. Jen, uh, something else you pulled off was a win yesterday uh, in the Sydney Harbour 10K running 32.19. Now, your 10K road PB is only like 19 seconds faster, 32 flat at Launceston. Um, don't take this the wrong way, but if Sportsbet had odds on yesterday's <laughs> run, I'm guessing Liam would have probably been the shortest odds. Um, were you surprised to be in such good 10K shape off the back of a marathon and marathon prep? Yeah, uh, totally. And look, I wouldn't have put any money on me winning it either because that's not what I went there to do. I was in Sydney already uh, for a Puma campaign. And so when I knew I'd be in Sydney a few weeks earlier, I said to Ryan, oh, like, do you want to do the do you want to do the 10K race? Like, you might as well. And Ryan's like, yeah, I'll definitely do it. And I said, what do you think I should do? And he goes, you'd be an absolute lunatic to race a 10K three weeks later. Like, just how about you just enjoy yourself? Um you know, you put up in a hotel for the weekend, just take it easy. And I, I totally agreed with him. But then my last two Tuesday track sessions, I just felt really good. I felt almost zippy. I did some 300s. Ryan Ryan needed pacing for some 60-second 400s. So I was doing the first 200 with him and then peeling off. Um, and I just thought, honestly, I haven't felt this good on the track in a while. Like, I think, I think the marathon block's really given me such a strong base and I've pulled up well. I actually think I could race all right. And so I asked Nick about it and Nick said, if you give me one more good track session and you feel comfortable doing it, you can race. So, of course, I did a, a reasonably easy Tuesday track session, felt good doing it and said, yep, I'd, I'd like to race on the weekend. And he said, the first thing he said was, Leanne and Eloise are in it. It's going to be a big challenge for you. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm third place is great like I'm not looking to win it and even in the race gun goes first K Eloise told me it was like 304 and it felt like 250 it was just like my legs couldn't possibly spin any faster and I kind of started regretting being out there and just thought typical you just excited to race at any possible chance um and your legs are just not ready so I actually kind of fell off the pace a little bit and let the girls go with this bunch of boys and um just tried to find what pace was comfortable for me but at about 4k I realized they weren't getting any further away I was just choosing to run alone while they had a nice pack so then I forced myself at 5k to surge and get on the back of them um just to get some cover and then I see Leanne surge away from that pack and I was like all right well Leanne's won this that's a given um I'm just going to try stay as close to Eloise as possible in this group of boys and I'm sure I'll run pretty decent and, yeah, just as the Ks clicked over, I got to, like, 6, 7K. It's just 
I felt like a new woman. I just came out the other side and all of a sudden I was like, I'm fine. Like I've somehow woken up, my legs feel ready to go. And I remember going up to the side of Eloise and saying, hey, do you want to try work to catch Leanne? And I think Eloise just was pretty gassed by that point. So she just hung there with the boys and I just broke away from the whole pack and tried to just chase down Leanne because she was out on her own copping a whole lot of headwind. And yeah, just it took me 2K to catch her. I literally caught her with 200 meters to go um, and then had just something tiny left to get past. But it was pure shock again. When I crossed the line, it was similar to the marathon. I was like, what is going on? I don't know where that came from. I didn't even think I was in this type of shape. And it was just a really, again, a, a special day because everyone loves a win. And um, when you shock yourself and make you think that you're actually running better than you thought, uh, it's a really cool feeling. Jen, how many workouts did you do between the marathon and the 10K? I did. Um, so after the marathon, I had three days off, then ran for three days, then had another day off. So that was that full week. I ran 31K that week. Then I tried to start a pretty normal week. The second week after the marathon, I did a 4K session on Tuesday on the track, and it was just 300s with short recovery, and it equaled 4K, so 10 300s. Um, a 20-minute threshold on the Friday, and then the following week was my Tuesday session where Nick said, if you feel good here, you can race, and it was K-Rep followed by 300-300 times four, and then after that, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. So three short sessions, and I knew my legs were freshened freshened up, and um, there was no real lingering doms or anything from the marathon so it was kind of like a perfect combination i'd freshened up so much but still had the benefit of all that marathon training yeah which i think we're seeing like the traditional approach was that you you don't back up as quick but i think people are proven now that you can yeah i think if, if you rest enough it's it's like the perfect combination mm. i think you, people, you bank it and then use it again yeah, yeah, yeah. i think you get stuck in two minds of how much to rest and then how hard to go again. But I rested a lot and then only went, like my sessions were really short over the next week and a half. Um, and it just, yeah, I just felt, I felt really good and ready to go again. Yeah. So what's next? Like the time you've got to hit for the marathon to to get in that same category, I guess, of Sinead and um, Lisa there at the moment is 2.26.50. I've heard whispers that maybe Melbourne Marathon might be on the agenda or will you, you know, head overseas and try to go super fast? Yeah, it's, it's a really hard one because, I mean, I've said it so many times to everyone, Gold Coast you know, of course, I'll, I'll never take away how hard I worked and how well I prepared, but I did have everything on my side. It was a home course. Like, I know those roads so well. I had family and friends out there. I had um, Ryan handing me my drinks. I had um, Geordie Williams in the pack with me, who I'm really close with. I had Scotty Westcott pacing me. Like, it, it, it's it's hard to script something better than that, uh, and that scares me because I know every marathon – there's going to be a challenge out there. And I hear so many of the girls in their marathon podcast say, you know, I'm waiting for the marathon where everything goes well, it goes perfect. And I I actually think I had that. I do. I can't tell you where something went wrong. And I doubted myself for a few minutes. It, It was a dream run and everything really, really worked out. So going overseas scares me a little bit because there's so many more Uh, variables and uncontrollable parts to the race Um, you know not even talking about the travel alone so I really want to go overseas and and my coach 
has pretty much said everyone's eyeing off Valencia. I mean, Sinead's pretty much given Valencia the best name <laughs> in the world. She just absolutely <laughs> killed it there. So we all want to get a little bit of that magic and, and try to get the Olympic qualifier. But the other part of me so badly wants to do Melbourne because I feel like it's the next closest thing to the Gold Coast. You know, I will probably be able to have someone at my drink stations. It's no travel. I know the roads, you know, I can probably run with Geordie Williams again. You know, it's, there's one of those, it's one of those things where do you take a faster opportunity, but with less controllable aspects to a slower course, but you can control a lot. Well, Sinead ran 2.25 there on a terrible day. I and know. She, and, and she qualified for something that day. I can't remember what it was, but... Um, I think it was World Champs. World, cha- world Champs, yeah. So she got it done without leaving her city. She had That's- Jack and Stewie, didn't she, to very late yeah. in the race, yeah. She had great paces, but I did say that to Nick because I was, you know, trying to go in with a case. But he did say Sinead was in 2.23 that day. He said she was ready to rock no matter what was thrown at her. Mm. Um, so he's saying 2.25 was probably a... Um, underwhelming performance for how ready she was. You know, he said she was in amazing shape that day. You just got to get in that shape. (laughs) Well, I think it all it says is I'm probably not in 223 shape. So um, I think it's just, I mean, I got to start a block again at some point. I'm just, again, I mean, I described the personality I have. I'm so eager to go in and I want to start now. Um, But I think I just need to, weigh everything up and and work out what the best opportunity is. I'm going to do the half marathon on the Sunshine Coast and and just see again where I'm at there because my last half marathon was an awful experience just physically. I It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. So I just probably need to get a little confidence at, um, you know, a half and then make a, a strong decision on, you know, are we going overseas or, you know, are we doing something at home? That was in Japan too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Gifu. Yeah. I guess if you do Melbourne, like October, you, you do have enough time to reload and do one like early next year. Uh, mm. We could be before the um, cutoff. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it, the reason why it's hard also is we're all, there's so many girls trying to qualify for the marathon. Like it's, it's almost like we all need a, like, I don't know how, they, it's just going to be fastest goes, I assume. And if everyone goes to Valencia, it's like a race within a race, which I find really nerve wracking because like all these girls are either my teammates or really good friends. So part of me wants to kind of be in a different situation where I just run to run as fast as I can. And that could be in Melbourne, but you know, Ryan then says, yeah, but you know, if you can make it easy for yourself and try run faster, wouldn't you go somewhere where there's um, more chance of, of running as quick as possible? But like you guys said, I'm not having going to have one more shot. I think I've got two shots left. Um, I just, I really would like the next one to be a really strong one. That gives me an indicator of is marathon for Paris or are we going to have to such switch sites to the track? Yeah, it could be like an Australian marathon trial. I've been talking about that on on the show for years, but just in Valencia. But even, you're right though, I was at Valencia last year. And like, I don't think you'd have paces going like 226 because it is such an elite race. Like we see yeah. the... Saw them last year run that kind of like 215, 216, um, and then Sinead 221. Like, I don't know yeah. how much, yeah, you'd be able to control the pace set up there compared to a Melbourne like you spoke about. Yeah, I know that the the meet director from, because of people like Sinead last year, Valencia is just 
in super high demand mm. right now. Yeah. And the meat director has had to make a call and say, elite field is only if you can run sub 225. Like, we'll put you up, we'll pay for your meals, your transport, everything. But if you haven't run faster than 225, you're a sub elite if you can do under 229. But it's, you know, um, you're, you're putting yourself up in your own accommodation, you're getting yourself over there, you're finding your own way to the course. Um, I think you still get drinks in sub elite. I think you can still send your drinks in to go on a table, but still like all of that just gives me anxiety because like I said, at Gold Coast, I was so well looked after. Um, this will be a whole nother game. Yeah. Well, you'd be the star at Melbourne compared to like the 53rd <laughs> seed at Valencia. 53rd. I think it's going to be further back. Than yeah. That. I don't know. You just never know who's going to enter. So you just did, um, you just hinted towards the track. Like there's still some hope to get back in the steeple. Oh, look, I, I said for a long time that I wasn't ready to let go of the steeple, but now seeing how much enjoyment being back running well is giving me, I think to go back to the steeple would just risk that all again. Um, you know, it was a really dark few months coming back from the Achilles surgery and knowing whether I would ever run elite again. Um I just I don't think I would be able to mentally put myself back on the starting line of a steeplechase and and do it well. I think that's the problem. I think mentally there would be a block there that didn't allow me to run as well as I have in the past. But I do believe I could run a 5K PB or a 10K PB. I don't think that there are events that I've seen my full potential in yet. Um, and if for some reason the the marathon team is looking like it's done and sealed and, and I'm not in there, I, I, I wouldn't give up. I would I would try in another event. You know, I'd try in the five or the ten. Yeah. Yeah. Quick one for you, Jen, before we let you go. Just one answer for me. It's going to be hard. But who excites you in Australian track and field, distance running, marathon, and at the moment? So many amazing performances coming in what seems like every weekend with a new Diamond League. But who's your yeah. favourite at the moment? Um, I would say just because of overnight, Adam Spencer. Yeah. Um, is just one of the loveliest guys. I, I did a lot of training with him in Waverley. He was um, Tim O'Shaughnessy's athlete. And to see him just get put in last minute only because Ollie uh, Hall had to pull out and he's just been kind of slipped in at 5.30 last night. He got the call up, put in a, a ridiculous field at a Diamond League and goes and runs 3.31 and qualifies for not only Worlds but also the Olympics is just really special. And it's I listened to his interview and I just got – um, you know, goosebumps because I know that feeling where you do something that shocked yourself, even you didn't believe you could do it. So just because it's probably most recent, he's he's one that I'm I'm excited to watch. Yeah, well put. Thanks so much for your time tonight. I know Moose only hit you up today and um, might have only told you like 10, 15 minutes, but it's been great chat this <laughs> evening and um, yeah, hearing all about those things. Yeah, cool. No, thanks for having me guys. Always enjoy the chat. No worries. Thanks, thanks Jen. Jen. See you later. South Australia's premier running event, the prepped Adelaide Marathon is on again. The spectator-friendly course starts at the race village in Benitham Park and runs along the beautiful parklands and river torrents. You can register now for the prepped marathon, prepped half marathon, or the family-friendly Sakoni 10K or 5K event. Enhance your performance with the hydration power of prepped. Get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27, and seize your personal best with prep by your side. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au. All right, fellas. Want to hear about my training week? Feel oh, like we're, we're yeah, doing the, the, after the that. Guy that's, the guy that's super unfit. Tell us about it. Well, yeah. okay. So can I just like bit of bit of stuff leading in? I said a few weeks ago that 
I had one strategy or program I always followed post-marathon. So I am usually very unfit three weeks post-marathon. So this is a different, I've never been in this territory before. So I'm only, um, I'm only coming up with those unfit comments because that's all I've ever known. So I don't think I'm sandbagging. You know what I mean? Well, I think yeah. even last week, Moose, when I talked about my workout, you're like, why are you doing reps that quick? Like you shouldn't be doing those. You're unfit. No, I didn't say that. I said, oh, like, I is, it, is that threshold for you? Yeah. I know why you're asking that question, though, because you thought it wasn't. Oh, well, you look how fit you are. You proved it. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm that fit. Maybe I just had a lucky day or something. Felt good on Saturday. Anyway, kicked off the week Monday, 60 minutes at 4.29. Still not doubling. Still haven't doubled yet. Tuesday, I did trail for fart lake. Five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one minute, then five minutes again working through the gears, trying to sit at threshold for the five minutes. So you don't get caught in that trap and murder in the last five minutes. Um, fun workout. I know you like this one too, Croaks, getting to work through the different gears here. One minute jogging between, so it comes in at 25 minutes. I went 3.13 for the five, 3.08 for the four, three minutes for the three, no, 3.03 for the three minutes, 2.58 for the twos, 2.51 for the one, and then 3.09 for the last one. So it was 7.5 at 3.18s. And after this workout, I knew, I'm like, okay, I'm good for 25 minutes. I might fall to pieces and that marathon fatigue might hit me in the last five minutes. Or if it was a 15K race or a half marathon, I could be in a bit of trouble later on. But I knew I'd be fine for at least 25 minutes um, come race day on Saturday. Wednesday, I did um, 70 minutes at 4.16s, 16.8K. Felt like negative one moose, which was nice and fresh. For my, That's pretty um, nice for an easy run anyway. Yeah, it's actually all right. If you dress accordingly, negative one's not too bad. Um, Thursday, I did 80 minutes at 4.22s. We had our school review day croaks, so all the kids had the day off. You have those? You get you just go in when you're casual for those days? Uh, I don't go in, no. But, yeah, like they have these, uh, yeah, I guess staff meet, like the staff just get together and the kids are off. Yeah, we got interviewed. They like talked to us about our planners and stuff. It was pretty full on. It's probably the most full on school review I've been a part of. Um, do you ever get reviewed in the shoe industry, Moose? People come in? Reviewed by who? Like, have you got like the bosses from the running company? They come and do like a checklist and stuff? Oh, not so much that. Occasionally they put in like secret shoppers or oh, mystery yeah. shoppers. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if I've ever had one come through a store of mine or not. Oh, H&S? Do you get like checked on that stuff? Nah, nah. Okay, no. no regulators in that industry. Uh, not really, no. Yep. Uh, so I got out a bit later in the day, which was nice. So I could kind of uh, get on the trails and stuff because the sun was coming up. Friday, 60 minutes and a couple of surges. And then Saturday, got out for 20 minutes in the morning. And then we dropped both our children in Bendigo. And Carly and I went to Bandura for the day. First time Carly's been at a cross-country race. So I think she kind of enjoyed it. Felt like we were just like... Back in our 20s, dating again. No kids, just go, going around the state to different running races. So it was quite what, good. What did you listen to on the uh, on the trip down? Oh, on the trip down? I think we just spoke most of the way. I'm trying to think what was on. Oh, I actually took my mum's car because I had to leave my car with the car seats in Bendigo. And um, mum must have had it set to like Triple M or something like that. And they were just playing like some old school hits. I don't usually, like everything's just connected to my phone in my car. So it's always like playlists and stuff. But... Yeah, there are some great old tracks coming on. But oh, then you, you just get the ads, though, don't you? The ads kill you. 
Well, there's no way that you spoke to your wife for four hours straight on the drive down. We don't get a yeah, I reckon <laughs> Got we a did. fucking chance. I think maybe on the way home, I reckon it was turned off as well. Yeah, we, we oh, get weird. Get out of we, there. Our relationship is strong on car trips. We <laughs> have some very big DMs when we're in the car, and then we oh, chuck the kids no. back in there, and one starts crying, and you don't talk again. So anyway, when, you croaks. You reckon you go four hour road trip? You just have a big chat for four nah, hours? Nah, I definitely have the ra- definitely have the radio on, and uh, hey, if, if it. If you can't listen to a podcast with someone else in the car with you. No, I listen to music. Maybe as a bit of background music. Oh, no. If you're in the passenger seat with Carly, you're not allowed to pull your phone out. Viv Viv cracks the shits as well. You've got to be actively engaged in the conversation. (laughs) Unless you classify it as work. I've got to do some work emails. Anyway, that was 20 minutes in the morning before we went. Uh, Bandura, I really was. Like, I just, just wanted to have fun. I'm like, I've got no pressure on me. I feel okay, but it doesn't matter if I don't feel okay. I really, my goal was to be in the Premier Division for the Bendigo Bats. Like, I wanted to be our sixth runner. Um, and we had a pretty good team. So I thought I thought our sixth runner was going to come about 30th. So I was like, cool, I've just got to kind of stay with him and, and kick down a bit if possible. Um, talk some rubbish with Matty Gunther and Ryan Cramery before the race. They were kind of telling me that they were having a bit of a, they, a bit of a. They all wanted to be the top cat moose, all your Geelong boys, because then I saw Ash Hoffman and um, and uh, Hardy separately, and they all want to like be the top cat as well. There's real ego problems in Geelong region cross country croaks. Become third, mate. I know. It's just, but it's just they all just want. To, they don't worry about beating other teams. They all just want to beat each other. <laughs> and don't you think that would be good for? Being other teams, that is good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good. If everyone's trying to finish as higher than the other person, that's that is a good. Yeah, very good. Brady's just jealous because he can't have that chat because he's up against Andy Buchanan, so he's no way he's going to be top scorer. He's not going to be top bat. When you got five guys in the top fifteen, it's pretty hard to beat some guys. Anyway, so I just uh, gun went, got out pretty hard. I was like, okay, this is all right. Saw Moose, I'm like, beautiful. I'm just going to tack on the back of Moose here. Me and Apples were making jokes. What's your bib number, Moose? Like twelve thirty-two or something like that. Could you hear us talking from a bit further back? Ryan Cramery was there. Hardy was there. You were probably a bit far ahead. You couldn't hear us yapping. No, but there were some people. Who was it? that? I- Maybe it was Crammers back there who said all these people like giving you shit as you ran past back in the pack as you progressed through that first K. Yeah, like they were, yeah. He, he was like, what are you doing here or something like that? And I'm like, I'm just here to, I'm just here to beat 12.32, that bloke in front of me which was you. Anyway, so we got on the back, went through the first 2K, chilled out, took it easy. It was in about 40th, someone yelled out on the side. Don't know how accurate that was. And then um, yeah, and then Apples just started like mowing down people. So I thought, oh, Apples is a smart race. So I'm just going to follow him. Um, and then up the top of the hill on the second lap, the big hill, he just went, he just kicked off the top of the hill. Like he's a strong, strong runner, Apples as well. So, and that's where you were. He kind of kicked past you. And I was like, oh, I want to, I kind of, I don't want to really beat Moose until the very end here. That was like my second goal, beat the Bendigo, like be the Bendigo six runner and beat beat Moose. And I thought, oh, Apples is going. I'll just go with Apples and see what happens. And then, yeah, we, it was definitely wasn't a workout. Like I was definitely racing effort and stuff, but it was all in control. We got up to the top of the hill at probably like 7K and um, Michael Kernahan just started like fanging it down the hill and one of those Baisha boys and Apples. And I was just like, nah, I'm not going with that. I'm just going to, you know, like when you can really let go on the downhills and just smash your quads, I was like, I'm not doing that. It's risky enough that I'm racing three weeks after a marathon. I don't need to be like, yeah, sprinting downhills, racing for 18th, 17th spot or whatever it is. Um, 
caught a couple of blokes going up the hill, caught Paddy Stowe, the bull, and then we just kind of ran together into the finish line to come 17th and 18th, which was good because we were our last two uh, Bendigo Bats guys coming in. So, it so was you good. weren't trying to beat him then? Um, nah, so I got to him and said, hey, stick with me now. No one's coming past us in this last K. Got him at about 9K around that top U-turn, and then it went into a downhill. And then he kicked away from me down the hill, and I was like, cool. And I kind of yelled out to him. I'm like, get Baisha. And then going up that bump just before the finish line, he was in a bit of trouble there, and I kind of got to him. Thought about saying to him, like, let's hold hands, do like a little Cox brother kind of thing across the finish line. And then he then said to me, with like 200 metres to go, he's like, you go. So I just kind of um, kicked away from him at the finish line there, um, which was good. So, and I actually ran one second slower than last year. I was ninth last year, 18th this year. Um, so it was good. Good to be back racing. Um, Sunday, I did an hour 45 at 4.24. is pretty sore. Um, probably could have done two hours, but same thing. I'm just like, I just want to stay away from any risky stuff at the moment. 125Ks for the week. People getting carried away in my Strava comments, so I don't think I'll be racing Sydney Marathon in a few um, a few weeks. But thank you for triggering Moose. He wasn't happy with some of those comments, which is always good to trigger the big fella croaks. Yeah, few real nuffies in those comments, that's for sure. People want to see me and Hugo head to head over a Mara. I'm like, people are sleeping around how good you are at the marathon. People don't. People forget I had a knee surgery and I've been out of the game for four years, mate. Yeah, I got arthritis in my knee. I can't come back like you. You can, you young little fucking. I'm pretty munchkin. sure I'm six months younger than you, are, not <laughs> Yeah, but your body's so small. Yeah. You're like a little boy, and there's just so much less force. Like I go for a run, there's probably like a ton of force extra from me running than from you with your little tiny limbs and organs and genitalia. <laughs> I love all these excuses after his whole big TED talk last week, Croaks. Yeah, didn't somebody write in your um, on your Strava? Oh, here we go. Can't wait to hear the, the moose excuses. Where, where was my excuses? Tell me the excuses. You're I'm just saying your body, your body grass, produces too much force. And your, your ankle, you don't have enough range of motion in your ankle. I'm Not, trying to find. I'm can't trying change to work pace out yeah, we just, find, we just finding excuses. Someone, <laughs> Did someone, you think it was a bit hot, Moose? It was 14 degrees. Was that a bit hot for you? A <laughs> lot of comments made about that. They're like, oh, geez, Brady would be worried about today. probably got sunscreen on. Yeah, and how'd he go? What about Crammer's wearing a hat? Yeah. Terrible, right? So you wouldn't, bright you wouldn't see that hat. from Luke Crammery. Oh, mate, I've been giving him shit ever since. I was walking to the start line. You've got a bright green hat on with your Geelong uniform. Yeah. That doesn't fly. That's no good. They've got to own that shit. You've got to own a balding head. Yeah, can't you get on that stuff? It always comes up as my Facebook ads. Like, you can get yeah. on those tablets and stuff, can't you? Joel Salwood selling it. Someone find some links and send it over to Ryan Crammery. Post it on his Strava. <laughs> Uh, do you want to go cross-country results now, Croaks, while we're talking, and then we'll go back to Patreon supporters, hey? Yeah, let's do it. Bandura Moose, you're oh, in yeah. charge of reading this out. Andy Buchanan um, got the win. Well, yeah, he did. He ran 29 flat. Wasn't Ed Marks either leading him or were they together for a long period? I mean, mm. I can't... I think it, it even think gapped it... him at one of the stages early on. Some Ed of the video Marks footage I saw. Andy. Yeah, see, I, haven't, I didn't know for sure, but then someone said Ed Marks was sitting on the sideline. Yeah, um, at 9K I, when I caught Paddy Stowe, he was just walking, like, in the opposite direction. Mm. I was like, yeah. But that's what Andy Buchanan would do to you over cross-country. <laughs> well, yeah, well, <laughs> I haven't heard what's going on there. But it, he ended up winning Andy, obviously. We'll call that an asterisk by default. <laughs> <laughs> 29 flat. Um, Dave McNeil ran 29.42. So that's a 
there's a big gap back there. Huge and then Lo- Lachlan Hurd, third, 29.53. And he's very good at cross country. Very you, good. You didn't even pick him last week. Who did I pick? You picked um, Ed Marks. I heard a couple well, of different people picking Ed Marks. Ed Marks is the person to beat, da-da-da. People just forget how bloody good Andy Buchanan is at cross country. And he's a 210 yeah. marathoner. Like, Look, if Ed Marks didn't roll his ankle, then he'd be winning. I think it's a bit of bad luck there. I don't know if it was that. I think he looked like he was walking fine when I saw him. I reckon he just got broken by Andy Buchanan, the king. Yeah. No, I'm saying Andy's very good. He's very good at cross country. I'm not arguing that. Okay. Very good. But then again, think about this. Com Games representative. He's a 210 10 guy. Marathon, yeah. He's world champs cross country rep. Like... He should Why be smashing he be people. Winning? That's right. That's what I'm saying. The only two it's people that beat yeah. him at World World Cross from Australia were Kai Robertson and Brett Robinson was like one second in front of him. That's exactly. Yeah. So you he picked Ed Marks last week. Forty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. about the, the new kid on the block? He's got, Ed Marks is going to be good though. It, like, he's going to do some. He's going to be good, things. but people were banging on like Andy was the roughy here. Andy was the Who, underdog. Who's doing that? You were banging on about that. I listened to another podcast where they were saying Ed Marks was the favourite and listed like seven different names, and Andy was one of them who people could potentially beat him. I, was, I nearly threw my phone in the Murray River a couple of times last week listening to some of this bullshit about people what sleeping on Andy Buchanan. Oh, I was called For the Kudos I was listening to. Those oh, boys yeah, right. banging on about Ed Marks. I'll tell you, a quick little moose on the loose on that one. I listened to Brett Robinson give five reasons about why he's running Sydney Marathon with no mention of money or prize money. <laughs> like, come on. How silly do you think we are? Like, we were announced on this show, there's 15 grand first Australian. How can that not be one single potential motivator for you mm. to do Sydney Marathon and you not mention it? Plus, I don't think he's going up there for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I don't, like, it's okay to say, hey, look, the prize money is great. I'm going to put my hand up. This is my job. Like, my job's to go out and earn money running, and this, this is a good contract for me. It's all yeah. right to say that. Be like, a bit authentic, you reckon? Oh, for, it's just the obvious one for me. Like, I, I'm, I know that like, it's part of probably the ambassador role to talk about how great the, the race is. And, look, I'm excited by the race. I think it's going to be great too. But to not even mention that there's good prize money, that's crazy. Come on. Mm-hmm. Your competitor at Sydney. Big head-to-head brewing there. Team scores, Moose. Can you see these? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bendigo, they were the winners. Western A's just in front of Geelong for third. So big run from Geelong to come up third place after being fourth, fifth, or sixth all year. Came back from Sandown from sixth place to third. So huge from Geelong Cats. You guys did this last year, back end of the season, come home strong. Bandura was was the turning point, third place. It's always good for us too because you start smacking the teams that are close to us on the ladder. Yep. Uh, In the ladies, um, it was a pretty weak day for the ladies actually, kind of disappointing. So Ali Pashley, she she ran. She ran 34-11. She won um, by a minute and eight seconds over Victoria Skeltsonis in second, and Jessica Coyne was third in 36 minutes. Uh, Glenn Huntley smashed it, 54 points. Actually, there's a, they still smashed it, 54. St. Stephen's second, 78. South Melbourne, 141. Uh, this, is, this, was, this is a little disappointing, I thought. Like I was wondering where the depth was in the women's race. What do you think, Brady? Yeah, well, Carly just said as a spectator, like, the atmosphere of the men's race because everyone was so much closer together. 
like it felt like we watched a couple of races there and it was interesting talking to someone who's was at their first event like the energy and the because it's very hard to track the women's race when Ali's coming along and then nothing happens on the track for over a minute and the next person comes along and then it's 40 seconds until the next yeah. person and I know Andy Huge was 40 minute, 40 seconds in front but the rest of the men's field is very close together yep yeah agreed um it was it was it's a, almost like it's not an incentive for someone like Ali to show up as well because the point of that race traveling all there was to get a really hard hit out like against and and to practice racing um and, and so someone at her level goes along and wins by a minute 10 it's like oh I could have done this at home. Yeah, especially when you've got children. Like she could have banged a 10K tempo on the hills. Exactly. Yeah. Her heart rate like was threshold, basically. Um, there were a few ups over threshold, but she's come, come out of it with a threshold run and perhaps good for training next week. She doesn't have to recover anywhere near as much. But the purpose, like, I'd scheduled this in as a hard race. And so all, she tapered for it. And then she, like, it's just, you would, I'm not sure who in the state didn't run that could have. Um, perhaps all the good runners are overseas right now. Perhaps that's the problem. But then you look at some of our marathoners, like like Sinead doesn't run much cross country, if any. Uh, who else have we got in Victoria? Lisa Waitman. Oh, yeah, she um, did run Melbourne the week before. Run Melbourne, yep. So, and then who else are our lady marathoners? So Sarah Klein wasn't there. Uh, I mean, this is the big champs. Like, it would have been cool to see interstate athletes come for this too because you know this is the premier cross-country outside National Cross. This is almost like – well, this is the second-best cross-country in the race, in the in the country. Um, mm. So, yeah, anyway. Um, I would love to know from females, though, like because three males talking about why the female races aren't deep compared to the men's um, is like we're just – yeah. I'd love to know. Can people write in if you have an answer? Is it the time of day? Like, is it, you know, would a 9 a.m. start make it deeper? Is it too much out of their day? Do you know what, what I mean? mean? Like, as you parents think, and stuff? You think males wake up at different times? No. I'm, no, I mean, like, if you're a parent and you've got young kids and you've got to, like, schedule the whole thing around, like, you know. So males aren't parent, can't be yeah, parents? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Brad, you know what he's on about? Uh, no, so I, I, know, I know where he's going. I'm trying to say I don't know. What, I'm saying I don't know what I'm on about. So can people write in and tell us what we're really what could what is a limiting factor uh, here? You're about to get cancelled. Yeah. We're not going to see you again for six years after this. What? Because I've said males can't be parents. Yeah, Brady, Brady, we're spending tonight doing a bit of editing. I reckon. Cut that out. Hey, there's a bloke on Twitter that's going to eat you up. I know his handle off by heart. <laughs> last, last time he mentioned women, geez, you copped it. I'm, I'm backing the women here, and I'm trying to make it easy for the women. I don't think you you can't just like dicey time World Cup all that. <laughs> Getting deep here. Getting deep. Anyway, let's thank some patrons. Let's do it. Let's go back to the top. All here right, croaks. I've got Espen Garberg from Vestland in Norway. Now, I couldn't find any running results for Espen, but I'm pretty sure he either works for or is the owner of Garberg Transport. So I jumped on their website and uh, put their, put the services into the <laughs> – I put the services because it was all in Norwegian. I put it into the English um, converter, and I found out that they offer dump trucks with trailers, delivery trucks, semi-trailers, tractors with trailers, crane trucks with equipment, wheel loaders, special transport, excavators, 
um, plowing trucks and container rental. So anyone in Norway, if you need one of those, um, hit up Espen and thanks for your support. Sounds like mafia to me. <laughs> Isn't it like three of the coolest names getting around? Espen, Garberg, who lives in Vestland. Yeah. Just some good, yeah. good words there. Who you got, Moose? I've got, um, I've got Jane Halter. So she's from the Gold Coast. And Strava Bio has her long-term goals as a 22-minute 5K, 47-10K, a 113-15K. Mm. How do you come up with that as a goal? I don't know. It must be a 15K race that she's interested in doing mm-hmm. or has done in the past and want, you know, wants to run. Isn't there a yeah, Gold Coast 30K? Do they do a 15 as well? Oh, they, they might. probably do. You're, you're right about mm. that. There we could go. be could be could be Ballarat on her radar. Yeah, um, from Gold Coast. <laughs> a one forty five half marathon. Uh, she has run twenty two at thirty four. So they're not her PBs. Come no. Let's let's just be clear. Sorry, Jane. Like they're not your PBs. We've just give read, read out your goals. Um, she's very close though. Twenty two thirty four at Kira Park Run. She's run forty eight for ten k, and one forty six at Melbourne Half last year. We think she runs for Southport Runners Club and has a photo of us on her Strava with Michael Shelley. He's a hero up there, isn't he? He is. Famous. Yep. Pretty sure Jane works for Niami International, an organisation that provides mental health, homelessness and suicide prevention support and work to works to strengthen local communities. So good on you, Jane. Very noble profession, and thank you for your patronage. I reckon if she's running twenty two thirty four at a park run as well, we could get like you know Jordo McLennan, maybe Tim Vincent to meet her, do a five k on the track, pace her. She'll break twenty two, achieve that life lifelong goal. Easy. That would be the, that'd be the difference. Yeah, get a pacer and get on a on a track she's at twelve with, and a half She's with Southport Runners Club. There's probably a pacer in there, Brady. Maybe. I thought you were going to say maybe there's some beef between them and uh, Gold oh, no, Coast Runco. Say like don't, yeah. Well, there could be if you start doing that. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, parkrun courses sometimes not the fastest. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to thanks Lawrence. Thank Lawrence Yap, who's based in Melbourne. He's got a half marathon PB of one thirty-seven from Run Melbourne last weekend. Um, and going by his estimated best on Strava, he ran a five k and a ten k PB on the way to that half marathon PB. And he did say in his notes that he went out a bit hard. So I think that's probably close to accurate. He's uh, also ran 44.13 at the Shri Chim Moy. Um, I think it was one of the Yarra or Burnley 10Ks in 2022. He's building up for Sydney Marathon Moose. So you and Lawrence be on the same start line in eight weeks' time up in Sydney. Uh, maybe ran 4.42 at Chicago Marathon in 2016. Not confirmed if that's him or not, or just a guy with the same name. Maybe an espresso kind of coffee guy. And he's got a partner called Juliet who gifted him a Patreon subscription. So a massive thanks to uh, Juliet for hooking up Lawrence there. Good idea. Wouldn't it be a great gift, fellas? Imagine just waking up on a birthday, Christmas, and go, you know what? I got my whole, I got 12 months or however long subscription to uh, a podcast sorted out for you. Very personalized gift. Might buy Viv one. Oh, yeah, yeah. you love it, I reckon. I reckon you've done Lawrence dirty there, though. Why? Like, 4.42. The guy's just ran 1.37 half marathon, <laughs> and you've you've stitched him up with a 4.42 in Chicago. In 2016, if it was no, him. you have stitched him up big time. Well, you should have turned it around, Brady, and said, this guy is on the up. Ran 4.42 in Chicago in 2016. He's now, you know, 97 for the half. 
he'll be he'll be 60 minutes in five years at that rate well, i don't know if that's i don't know if it's him that no, was... I know. That's what I mean. That's why you've that's why you've stitched him up because you just picked a random name. Well, not a random name, but you know, like right in Lawrence. Let me know. But isn't that saying like look at the improvement from 2016 to 2023? National record coming five years time. Yeah, maybe. Um, what are we? Oh, Patreon. We've got some new stuff starting. Do we? Can we do this now? Have you guys got your yeah, bit do confirmed? It do, it, do it now. So we're we're working on a road to Berlin. This would be a road to Berlin season three, I think. We did the OG one last year. We did one, didn't we? Well, yeah, Christian, and um, was it just Christian by himself? I think it was. Yeah, it was. And, and now we've got a new one starting up next. I think it's this week, boys. I think it's this week. We've kind of all selected a person each, and we've kind of gone a bit away from um, the traditional kind of elite, sub-elite kind of vibe. Do you guys want to... Moose, do you want to tell me about the person you're bringing to the panel is? Well, his name's James Friend. He's the, Jimmy. He's a, yeah, call, some call him Jimmy. He's probably the biggest running fan in the world. Um, you're going to have to cap your episode length uh, because he loves talking running. Like, if you get him on shoes, good night. He'll be there. He'll have you there all night. Um, he's employee of the running company Geelong, number one. Well, he's not employee number one, but he's the big dog down there. Uh, he looks after all our partnerships and races, that kind of stuff. Training to run 240 at Berlin, just coming off a big half marathon PB at the Gold Coast where he ran 75.50 odd. So he's looking good for that. Um, what else? Do you coach him, Moose? No, Ali coaches him. Okay. And actually some suspect coaching from her lately for Jimmy, giving him a bit of a niggle. Also, yeah, doesn't put a lot of care into the program. Bit so I'd like to host, kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd like to host one night just to really like pick apart the training to see if he just almost like just see if he can uh, explain himself, justify the things that, that are going on. So we're saying it's breaking 240 for Jimmy? That's the goal? For yeah, Berlin. yeah, breaking 240. Breaking 240 for okay. sure. Croaks, who you got? And I'm hearing this uh, like, I don't know anything about your person, so I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yeah, so I've got Rob Wilson. Uh, I've been coaching Rob since probably early 2020. Uh, he's a father of two. He's a videographer by trade. So he works at a, at a school. Um, so he basically does all of their like videoing and um, like yearbook. So like content creator. Um, he also designed the Mulligans Flat Track Club logo. Um, so his PBs, uh, he hasn't, doesn't run a lot of the shorter distance. I think he runs 1649 for 5K, which was at that like Stromlo Criterium course, one that they have like at the start of the year. Uh, he ran his 10K PB yesterday at the Sydney Harbour 10K. He ran 34.09. Uh, half marathon of 66.57 at last year's Western Creek half marathon, which is not a like, – it's on bike paths, so he would run faster if he went to, like, Gold Coast. And um, his marathon PB is 2.40.08 at last year's Gold Coast marathon. So he'll be looking to go under 2.40 at Berlin. Um, yeah, he runs about 100, 110K a week. Oh, him and Jimmy having a big showdown. Yeah, not sure that's enough mileage for him, Crokes. That's all right. He, um, the proof being the, proof being the pudding, Moose. Yeah. Well, we'll well, he ran 240.08 off that mileage. Well, he might, <laughs> that's like, what I mean. Not yeah, he'll, he'll bump up. Actually, he would have done a bit more 
during the marathon block. I just had a look at his Strava to see what he's been doing recently, and it's around 100 to 110, but that'll go up, you know, probably another 10, 15K in the marathon block. All right, two good people. I'm bringing a guy who... Uh, oh, is... oh, sorry, sorry, oh, one more thing. Yep. So he's um, he's also on the same side of 40 as myself. Okay. How old is Jimmy, you reckon, Moose? Oh, he's 30. Okay. He, no, not just not 30 just yet, but he's 30, like... In a few weeks, so you might even get a, you might even get one like a podcast with him on his thirtieth. No podcast. Yeah. My guy, I reckon, is about twenty-five. Should have looked that up. But uh, he's one of my teammates at the Benigo Bats. His name is Patrick Stowe. He's based in Aubrey, so he kind of comes under the River Bat uh, label to run for the Benigo Bats. He was eighth at the Gold Coast Marathon last year when he ran two twenty twenty which was pretty much he had done a marathon for charity New York like way before he was into running. So I'm kind of calling that his debut last year. Can't do that. Yeah, he just went over and raised money. Can't do it. A debut is the first time you run a marathon. End of story. You reckon if you're just doing it like just for a charity and not even involved in running in like four hours and then he's actually got into running? Still your first marathon. There's no asterisks. Mm, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm calling it. That was his second marathon. His real crack at the marathon he ran through 2020. So we've got big upside from Paddy. So he's kind of on those two boys breaking 240. Paddy's going to Berlin to break uh, 220. He's nicknamed the Blue Collar Bull because he doesn't mind a uh, 5 a.m. run very very blue collar this guy so follow him on Strava very early runner 66 for the half marathon 14.28 for the 5k he's one of the friendliest blokes you'll ever meet so it's going to be really hard to um, get him to stop talking as well Moose a physio like one of those real nerdy physio blokes as well could talk all day about physio stuff come third at the six foot track marathon uh, this year He's been running top 20 in all the uh, AV stuff this year. And his uh, favorite quote is, pressure is a privilege. So that's a <laughs> bit of a quote that he says to us on the start line every time we uh, are about to lace up for the Bendigo Bats. So it should be a good panel. Uh, looking forward to recording. I think one of us is going to jump on for maybe the first couple of episodes and then we'll let them do their thing, hopefully, for the second half of that season. Also want to get something with Sydney going as well, possibly a row to Sydney, just waiting on the sub-elite fields, uh, our mate Jimmy over there at Sydney Marathon to try and get some stuff going. So stay tuned. Patrons with us for Shoe Geeks coming out as well today. Um, the monthly will be coming out soon, all this Diamond League stuff. Need to talk to Christian and uh, his Norwegian boy that we're going to talk about now, Croaks. Let's mm-hmm. go there first. London Marathon, uh, London Diamond League last night. I'll oh, we'll do London first. Yep. Yeah. All let's right. Let's do that. So we'll start with the 1500. So maybe a day before um, the race, uh, Ollie Hall pulled out. He's been having some issues with his hip and, and groin. Um, and obviously, there's no Jakob. So, um, yeah, like Stewie was the only one that went with the, the pacemaker. Um, like, even with like a lap to go, he had like a 10, 10 meter lead. Um, started to get caught with about 300 to go and then sort of got swamped a little bit with like 200 to go, but held on pretty well. Uh, Yared Nagus got the win in 330.44. Um, Nav Nordas, the Norwegian, he was second in 330.58, gave uh, Stewie a bit of a nudge at 300 metres to go. Um, yeah, nearly which, put him into, the, oh, soft, into uh, the hammer throw net. Yeah, that was a shit move. Like, yeah. Stewie's busting his ass. He's, like, he'd been 10 metres in front of the whole field. He's, like, up against the rail, and this guy's basically just, you know, could have moved another 30 centimetres wider and not touched him at all. So that was a shit move by um, yeah, Nordas. And then uh, Neil Gawley 
was third in 330.6. Stewie was sixth in 331.42. So that's a season's best and a step in the right direction for Stewie. Um, and Adam Spencer, uh, he finished 12th in 331.81. It was a five-second PB, and he's now fourth on the all-time Australian list. So big breakthrough from Adam, and, yeah, that's a world championship and Olympic qualifier as well. Incredible, isn't it? Like, yeah. he, he'd say six months ago that Adam Spencer's going to run 331. Would have told you you were dreaming. Uh, yeah, that being said, like, he remember, before he went over to college here, he was winning everything. Yeah, um, but 331 is a different than just winning stuff domestically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we should mention as well, he only got to start, yeah, because of Ollie, um, Ollie pulling out. Yeah. So Make the most of the uh, opportunities, that's called. Yeah, yep. So 800 metres. Um, yeah, Keely Hodgkinson was the, the standout here, but she also pulled out with sickness um, just before the start. So it sort of left it wide open. Gemma Ricci got the win, 157.3. Natoya Gould was second, 157.61. And Halime uh, Nayai was third in 157.62. Kat Bissett, she was fourth in a new Australian record of 157.78. So that's uh, 0.31 of a second faster than her previous record. So she's the first person to break 158. And um, I've been really impressed with her this season in terms of – remember she, last year she used to always be, like, right on the pace, really, really aggressive, whereas I feel this year she's just sort of holding back a little bit but then finishing a lot stronger than what she was last year. So, um, yeah, she's in good form leading up to world championships. Any thoughts? Yeah, incredible. It's good to see. Like, how's the resilience – like bounces back from falling over last week, comes and breaks yeah. the Australian record this week. Yeah, uh, yeah I haven't seen it. I would like to. See, I'm going to have to watch it after this, both races. But... It's all on YouTube. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to watch these days. Apart from Croaks, when you watch them, do you ever watch them in replays? Uh, no. So I just jump on there. You, I just jump on the YouTube, um, which has it like the whole two hours pre-recorded, yeah. and then all Is it I timestamp do... though. Uh, yeah, so I, I, well, I just scroll through. Yeah, I wish they just I, had, like, little timestamps on there, though, like, 1,500, 3K, yeah. shot put, like, because then you it's just got to scroll through the whole two hours to see if you can find it. Well, it's easy to do because if, once you scroll through, you can see the footage changing, and you just and you, you know when it's a distance event because of how they're all lined up. Yeah, I know. I know how to use the scroll function, but, yeah. <laughs> they could make it, it easier for us. It doesn't take that much time. Um, yeah, anyway, women's 5K was a really good uh, good race as well. So Rose Davies uh, paced for the first couple of K. Um, and then in the last, uh, like, three or four laps, there was basically Segei, Beatrice Chibet, who won the World um, Cross Country Champs, Safan Hassan, and Medina Issa. And Alicia Monson was sort of just hanging on off the back. Um, but, yeah, Segei got the win in 1412.29. Beatrice Trebet was second, 1412.98. Hassan third in 413.42. So that was PBs for all three of them. Medina Issa, uh, she ran 1412.29, which is an under 20 world record. And Alicia Monson was 1419.45, which broke Shelby Houlihan's American record. Um, and the last event there was the steeple won by Jacqueline Chepkowicz in a world-leading time of 8.57.35, and she beat the world record holder, Beatrice Chepkowicz. How's um, the amazing results? But how's Shelby Hallhand still, like, racing? You see how she did, like, yeah, a road race, a 10K the other day, and they let her do that beer mile, and she broke the world record, and, like, yeah. They don't care, do they? 
They just no yeah. one seems to give a shit over there. Nah. Well, she certainly but, doesn't. She's just trained through this whole band, and didn't she run thirty twenty or something? She ran like she must be pretty fit. Mm-hmm. Maybe thirty thirty five, like in a road ten k. I yeah. think she just coincidentally shows up to uh, group training occasionally. Mm. That's not a good look for the whole group. No. Anyway, uh, let's go with the Diamond League that happened. So was this this was Friday Sunday Diamond Leagues were. Yeah. This is incredible, boys. Hold on to your seats if you haven't heard these mile results. Faith Keep Yagon broke the world record by almost five seconds. Uh, Safan Hassan did have it. She ran 407.64. Probably the greatest distance performance of all time, fellas. Is that what we're calling it? So, you know, you were saying this, and um, someone I else said I wasn't saying this. this. That's the no, first time I've said, said it. Right yeah, now. That's the first time I've said it then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, no, I don't agree with that, Brady. I've just been reading it everywhere, and I thought, well, I'll just oh. bring it up. <laughs> the problem with the mile is it's hasn't it's never been run that often. Like, not by real, not by the, not as often and not as recently. And so you're not getting the, you're not yeah, getting yeah. the high quantity of racing. Yeah, there's a stagger between kind of the results because they only pop up every, and you need good pace and good weather and all things to go right if you're only doing them once a year. Um, this, so Faith Keep Yagong's fifteen hundred is ranked higher than this mile in terms okay. of ranking points. And so it's hard to justify why this would be better than that. Agree? Oh, I was just like the old like four-minute mile thing, and I'm like, she's getting close. Seven seconds. That's like one and a half second, nearly two seconds per lap still. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Nearly two seconds per lap. Come on. Kiara, so, is it Megan Crokes? How do you pronounce her last um, name? Do you know? McGeehan. McGeehan, that's it. 4.14. She broke Sonia O'Sullivan's Irish record for second. And for Weenie Hallyu, she was 4.14.79. Jess Hull was there, though. See, I get this example, Moose, because you're like, Jess Hull can probably just keep Laura on this every year because she might only have one crack at it in a field like this to run 4.15.3. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she broke the national record by three seconds and is now so what did she... on the all-time list. But is when you actually can fifteen hundred split for yeah. this race. Well, when you compare all these ladies with their fifteen hundred meter PBs, it probably just is what they should be running for the extra hundred nine meters, isn't it? Yeah. We think I think fifteen hundred meter, like four minute mile equivalent, is about like three forty three for fifteen hundred, and like so seven Faith, seconds. So Faith Keep Yegon has run three forty nine. So she's like six seconds off. You know, six seconds outside the four minute mile equivalent, I suppose. Mm. And so here she's like seven seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And Jess Which, Hull. which she, I mean, that 349 or 350 that she ran, I mean, that's still the best run in the world. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Je- and so Jess here is what, uh, eight seconds behind Faith. So you add eight seconds to, her, you know, so this is like the equivalent for Jess of like, yeah, that sort of 357, 1500, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, took three seconds now. Eighth all time list. That's pretty cool. Eighth all time. Also national records for Laura Muir in fourth. Nikki Hiltz in sixth, both running four fifteen. And Abby Caldwell was in the same race in ninth, running a PB of four twenty. Men's five K was incredible as well. Mm. Um, that was won by Hagar Skerriwet. He ran twelve forty two point one. Aragawi was second in twelve forty two point five. Uh Telehoon Bikili was third in 1242.7. Mo Katir broke Jakob's European record in 1245.01. And Jimmy Gressia from, um, he's from France too, isn't he? France, yeah. Yep. Oh, French national record in 1256. 
So we yeah. need to get Stewie in that race. He's breaking the Australian record. The five Ks, the five Ks this year at the Diamond Leagues have oh, been yeah. un, unreal. Like, I, like the World Championships is going to be awesome. Yep. Um, eight hundred meters was won by Kinyami. His Kenyan, I'm pretty sure. In one Kinyama, Kinyamal, I Kinyamal. Think. Sorry, I thought that L was annoying. Uh, one forty three point two, which is a world lead. Mulat was second in one forty three two, and Arop was third in one forty three five. Joseph Deng was ninth in one forty four nine. Steeple was won by Simon Koich in eight oh four. Geordie Beamish broke the area record, which is the Oceana record. He was fifth in eight thirteen. Point two. So that old transition croaks. I haven't been listening to their podcast, but they were. I haven't either. Yeah, they were talking about him becoming a steeplechaser, and he wasn't really keen on it. But that's where they wanted him to do, and now is the uh, Oceana record holder. Who had it's it before? A, who had well, it before yeah, him? It was a New Zealander, but it's about forty years old. Yeah. Yep. So what's his Australian, what's his Australian record? Uh, Crichton's, I think eight sixteen. Eight sixteen. Okay. Yep. So Worlds is going to be a good battle because you've got a uh, Germa. Who broke the world record, didn't he? And you got yeah. Albacali, who doesn't seem to actually get beaten, but hasn't got the world record, and now Kowich as well. Did, Did you see this Kowich guy? He looked like he was cruising, like he's he? real yeah, smooth. Okay. Yeah, so I think he's got a lot of upside. So it's going to that'll be a good race between those three at Worlds. Yeah, I like that. Keep an eye on that. How many weeks away is it? Three, uh, four, four, four. Yeah, maybe four weeks. Yep. Well, I'm going to jump down to this news because Morgan McDonald, which is a name we haven't said for a long time, he is actually in the quota for the 5K. He raced uh, as his first race in 345 days, and he ran 13:24 at the was it called the Sunset Sunset Tour USA 5K. Uh, so he's in 39th position of the 42 quota spots. Um, Kai Robinson is in 44th position from the 42 quota spots, so just outside. So um, talking about people trying to slide in to these world champs, Morgan McDonald may get there, which would be cool to see That's him wild, back racing. Yeah. So he Jeez. must have had a performance from last year that was probably just inside the window, and now he's just getting back inside the window, in the start of the yeah, window and the okay. end of the window, yeah, and had a massive year-long injury in the middle there. Because we know what um, he can do when he's There fit. are still, like, a lot of countries, I think, maybe haven't had their nationals yet. Is that what I was reading? And so there could be some points up. Like, there could be a bit of jumping around still mm. going on there. Yeah. But but I could be wrong about that, too. Maybe those nationals have all finished up now. No, I think I saw that from Sean Whip. But that could have been, yeah, right. Thursday, Friday to happen this weekend, just gone. Yeah. But you'd think he, he might find another 5K, though, and go 13. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes 13.15 next one. What's qualified? Yeah. Isn't it super low, though? Oh, it's like thirteen oh four or something. So, so he's not going to yeah. get yeah, instant. So I'm just having a look to see what his second result would have been. And so last year on the thirtieth of August, he ran a three nineteen in um, in Italy. So I guess he's yeah, he's three nineteen and he's oh sorry, he's thirteen nineteen yep. and he's thirteen twenty four here are his two sort of qualifying um, that results. You, that's crazy. That gets you in the quota. Like you'd think you'd need to be running sort of low thirteen teens to be making the start list for world champs. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to dig deep into the classifications of some of these meets. Yeah, or do um do 3K results count for 5, like 5K as well? Because he did run a 7.39 in Zagreb in well, that's, September. The track is different. So the track takes more than two results, I believe. I think yeah, it's just okay. a marathon that uses two. Yeah. Yeah, so he's... Out while you're talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he's got then like a 7.39, 3K. He had a 7.49. Uh, I don't know whether he did that 
cross he did some cross country sound cross country yeah, that's r- right. result finished fourth so too. yeah so I'm not sure I'll look it up um, all right, uh, just another bit of running news um, was the Para World Champs. They finished up just as we were recording last week. And so Reese Langdon uh, got the silver medal in the T38 1500 metres, while Angus Hinksman got bronze in the same event, and Dion Kenzie was fifth in that same event as well. And then uh, was the other bit like the Commonwealth Games being cancelled for regional Victoria? Uh, Did you see S- that? Sydney Hub, yeah, Sydney oh, Hub again for Moose. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's a bigger race than I thought it was. Looks good down there. I've never been there. Have you run that, Croaks? Sydney Harbour Ten. Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, Ed Goddard won twenty nine thirty seven. He was twelve seconds in front of Ryan Gregson, who ran twenty nine forty nine, and then Aaron Spiesberg Parker twenty nine fifty six. And so, as discussed before, Jen ran thirty two nineteen, beat Leanne. Pompiani by three seconds. Eloise Welling was back in 32.58. Interesting that Jen and Ed, both Gold Coast marathoners, mm. won and, this race. And Eloise. Yeah, but the winners were... And then the second place were both the half marathoners from that race. Yeah. And Eloise raced last weekend as well, Sutherland to surf. So she raced two weeks after Gold Coast and now three weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and then Brady, as you said, yeah, the only other bit of running news here is um which was I think Tuesday morning, um, it was announced that Melbourne were pulling out of hosting the two thousand and twenty six Commonwealth Games. Well, regional Victoria. Well yeah, it wasn't reg- Melbourne. Sorry, reg- regional Victoria. Yeah. That that was part of the problem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Too so, costly. Mm. Yeah, What's gonna happen to them? I thought Gold Coast put their hand up, the mayor or some. Thought he said, "Hey, we'll have a crack at it. We've got all the facilities from a few years ago. Probably won't cost us that much." Yeah, but, could be the beginning of the end for the Commonwealth Games. Well, we've sort of we've had that, like that. We've had that discussion on here before. Um, yeah, like a lot of the events, and like I, I know we spoke about this when the last Com Games were on. Like a lot of the events are not super deep um a lot of the top athletes in the commonwealth don't actually turn up to it because they don't rate it um so yeah yeah you can cherry pick events and show the depth through that but the majority they don't do they yeah Um, like like last like the men's 1500 like legit like that was pretty much a world championships final outside of Jakob and uh mocheteer um but then, you know, it's hard to find any event like any other event like that. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Running news, uh, that is done for running news. Moose on the loose. Oh, yeah. It's, well, it's not really moose on the loose. Well, it kind of is because I see it happen all the time, especially for marathons. Because most people, like in our circles, they do pick a marathon and they train um, quite strictly for that marathon. They don't really pick a 10K and do it for that. Uh, we see it more with the marathon, and perhaps it's a little riskier with the marathon with the long runs and the volume involved. Uh, but I just I think there's this, this real push to make sure your training gets done even when the body's not quite right. And because stuff's written down on paper, 
it's it's almost as if they're like an athlete will, will will see a program and go okay just fight my way through the taper through to the taper and then everything will come good and you get that with injuries so someone will be five weeks out and they'll have like an achilles issue and they're like okay i've only got two weeks left and then i start tapering and then i'll i'll come good in the taper and so they'll they'll push and through because they don't want a down week and they don't want to miss a workout or a long run and they'll get to the start line and they might have this fitness right that's a hundred percent of what they've done like their training program was completed to the hundred percent of what it could be and uh in their mind they're a hundred percent fit but their body it never fully came good through the taper so they're starting with a little niggle here or there and maybe they're a hundred percent fit but their body's 80 percent healthy and and i i don't think that's that should be the goal of the training program like i i think an athlete should arrive at the start line with a hundred percent health which means no niggles or injuries or clouds or sicknesses uh and they should sacrifice fitness to be there in a hundred percent health and and this will determine their outcome more than anything so at the 30k mark of that race the athlete who's in there with an injury cloud and who's 80 percent healthy their ceiling with what they can do with the efficiency of running with a niggle is so much lower than the ceiling of someone whose body is super healthy but perhaps they're not like in that ideal type 100 percent fitness range that athlete can perform almost like semi-miracles on the day with a healthy participating body because you can you can push that ceiling up and up i believe if the body can um be a a willing participant whereas a body that doesn't want to participate that's niggled or injuries will pull you back so much faster than a than a stronger aerobic athlete in in my mind and and I think people prioritize training way more than they should prioritize a healthy body. Mm. That, that's it. It's, um, it goes back to that old one, one workout doesn't like make or break a whole build-up. Yeah. Like it's, mm. I had this conversation with someone yesterday. Like it's better to miss. Let's just miss, take two days, three days to get over this cold, whatever it is, um, instead of pushing through it and missing two or three weeks. Or like if it's a tiny little niggle or whatever, like just get on top of it early. It's just yeah, it's yeah. so rare. It's I know, so rare because everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, I'll be right once I get to the taper. Once I get to the taper, I can back mm. off." And you're like, "No, like, yeah." And I, I've done it myself. I spoke about it with my Gold Coast build up. Like I was sick and I just dra- dragged on for three weeks. Um, yeah. But you you still got to the start line healthy, which was lucky. It took um, me a while to though to actually go. You know what? I just need to respect this and get over this and not be a sucker to my program. Yeah, but so you made the decisions mm. to get to be a hundred percent health on start line, and you sacrificed some fitness, and your race went relatively well for that. You know what? I've really been thinking about this lately with the the reintroduction of doubles, and I'm just like, my life has been fantastic not double in the last three weeks, and I'm just like, I'm much better to be around at home. I've got more time to help out with the kids. I'm not as stressed trying to fit things in, and I'm like. What? Because I sometimes I double like nearly every day of the week bar Sunday. I'm like, is it? Am I pushing myself over that edge you're talking about? And then, um, 
yeah, like how much does it benefit fitness? Well, and your age now. Yeah. Jen. Yeah. Jen said that she yeah. she ran Gold Coast off no doubles yeah. and no cross training. Yeah, well, I'm not breastfeeding, so I've got to take that aspect out of it. I think that's what she was talking about there. But yeah, it's and it's like, well, yeah, do I look at these last ten years and go, you kinda of got a bit of base there. You don't need to be like pushing the envelope now, rely on the base, not the not what you can get. Feel good. Yeah. Yeah, feel good feel every good, day. Yeah. Yep. Similar yeah. to and you're sort still doing 70 minutes in the morning. Like, you're still doing all the workouts. It's just the difference between your weeks at 135, not 160. Sort of related, Moose, to what you're saying here. Like, often people, like, you've got people who are sort of injured and just want to push through till the taper, but then you often see people as well in that last two weeks before the taper, they're like, I only have two more weeks to get fit. And they almost, like, overdo those two weeks. And then the niggles come actually, like, the, the basically they, they get the niggle during the taper because they've tried to get too much out of the last like two weeks. Yeah, mm. oh, I I agree, and I'm noticing all the little things like I can even with my own training and return to to proper training, one big week and and I'll suffer the following week. I, I'm recovering from that Sunday long run until at least Wednesday because it was a bit faster and a bit harder than normal, and and yeah I'll absorb it in two or three weeks but it's actually hurting my training for that following week um and if i had a race bandura perhaps i was still a bit beat from 30k 32k really hilly quite fast long run um and that's that last two weeks you're going to feel that shit on the start line of your race Mm, that's good it's like real training talk stuff these last couple of weeks i've been loving it Getting real motivational, isn't well, he? Yeah, it's okay, cut that one again. What about that other one? <laughs> Had 11,000 views. Yeah, I've written here, when are you bringing your book out, Moose? Oh, look, as I get back into training, I think about things way more. I'm a much better coach when I'm running myself. That's another little thing I learned. <laughs> I can relate to the athletes so much better if I'm training and I'm actually motivated and I'm doing workouts and I'm thinking about things so much more intently and takes up all my mind i go to bed at the moment and i'm like thinking about training and and that's like that's good for my athletes it's up and about can i take a moose on the loose end because i didn't like this quote i saw we kind of spoke about it last week do you see this one that come in from um someone must have asked kip chogi about what he thinks about kiptum oh yeah go yeah go. so this is the quote so there's a bit to it they were kind of talking about this potential head-to-head with kip chogi versus kiptum and then this is the quote that he come out with amongst, I'm just pulling this bit out of the Kipton reference, but he kind of said, start quote, if Kipton runs under two hours, he will always be second. I'll always be the first one. So I have no worries at all, Kipchoge said. And I was like, man, it was an exhibition event. It wasn't an official race. I know the general punters out there actually do think he ran a marathon under two hours. He did do the distance under two hours. But I just thought it was a weird, like, flex yeah. on Kipton. Yeah. You're like, so if Kipton goes out and runs Berlin in 159.58, I don't think Kipchoge can sit there and go, well, I did it first. You're like, no. no, 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 he's done it in an actual race, mate. Like, this is a different kettle of fish. And a diehard runner knows this. So please, Elliot, do not claim that. If I was Kipton, I would send him, uh, I would send Kipchoge a link to his world <laughs> athletic profile and say, mate, I can't see sub two hours here. Yeah, why is the world record not 159? Uh, it's, it's interesting though, like there's this sort of. He's getting like, under his skin, isn't he? There's, there's this bit of saltiness coming from Kipchoge, which um, I guess is the true mark of like a chant, like how, you know, it's, it's easy for him to be like the nicest guy in the world when like everything's going perfectly. 
and then you know somebody comes in and is maybe a, is better than you and it's sort of yeah ruffling his feathers a little bit we, we saw it at london when he had that when he got towed up that day in the rain and he had that ear problem after boston too remember when he didn't show up to the press conference yeah yeah and then he kind yeah. of and then he went them when he did get there like the next day it's like i never was meant to be here or something like that like yeah i've seen it a bit lately that's why yeah. I've always had time for athletes like Roger Federer, where, like, regardless, win, lose, or draw, just, like, so genuine. Mm. Um, Scott whereas, Vanderbree the same. Whereas Kipchoge's been like that, but now it's like, okay, the spotlight's not on him as much as it has been, um, and so now he's getting the shits. And that's why he's going to Berlin, and that's why Kipton won't be at Berlin. Let's <laughs> yeah. go, let's go get, get one back on the board and do your thing at Berlin. Come to Sydney. Come to Sydney. <laughs> Next Either year, you'll be there. Next year, you'll be no, there. No, he'll wait till it's the year of the World Marathon Major. That's when he'll be there. I hope, I hope though, based on what you said about Robbo with, like, why Robbo's going to Sydney, I hope when they interview Kipchoge next year as to why he's coming to Sydney, he mentions, oh, uh, yeah. Cash. Cash. Well, that's a good point. Kipchoge <laughs> never mentions cash. Does no, he? he doesn't. He doesn't get on that media press conference and say, well, to be honest, these guys offer me the most, so that's why I'm here. It's probably, in his con- it's probably in their contracts that they can't sort of talk about the money side of things. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it would be, wouldn't it? In, yeah. yeah. Do you reckon it's in Brett Robinson's contract? Not probably. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, maybe that's uh, maybe that's my bad there. <laughs> I liked it. What's coming up, boys? Croaks, you're just having a week of work before the uh, heart surgery? Yep. Yeah, week of work, bit of uh, walking, bit of home gym. Yep. Okay. Moose, what are you doing between now and next week? So Tuesday, um, tomorrow, I'm going to uh, VIS. Ali's doing lactate threshold testing, so I want to go watch it. I want to go see the um, protocols they use and all that. And then on um, Thursday, going to go to the Loyal Carnet concert oh, in oh, yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. That yeah, would be so good. Where's that at? A like festival hall or something? The Palais. The Palais. Yeah, That'd be Kilda. good. Yeah. Should be should be good. So we're staying up in Melbourne for the night, just no, the two no, of us. No CD. That's his best song. Yeah, he's got some good ones. He's like a poet. I what? I really like it. What night did you say you're in Melbourne? Thursday. Thursday night. Yeah. I'm going to Melbourne Wednesday, but we're going to the Royal Children's Hospital to do allergy testing. So it's not going to be as oh, exciting as your visit to I, Melbourne. I remember you did that before Gold Coast, Coast last we year. Did. It sounded horrible. Yep, yep. They get all the pricks out and go do all the stuff on the kids' backs, but both of them are getting it done this time. So it's going to be, oh, um, could be, a, could be a long drive back Double appointment being booked in for oh. eight months. Yeah. But at least you'll know at the end of the day, it's just like these foods, this kid can't eat. So it reduces. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably save their life. So, um, yeah. It's all good. All right, fellas. See us next week. That was fun. Good to hear from Jen. Patrons, keep an ear out for uh, Road to Berlin sometime this week. And, um, yeah, we'll be back doing it all next week. Episode 200, uh, 300 next week, boys. 300. Mm. Should we ask the listeners oh, yeah. to do anything special for it? I'll see yeah, about this during the week. Yeah, maybe they can come because I've got no ideas what we, can, what we can do. I would love to know where you, what the first episode you listen to. I'll come up with something. Keep an eye on our social media. I'll always like ask people when they say they listen to the podcast. I'm like, when did you start? And like, who was like running well at the time and stuff like that. I always wonder when people get on the bandwagon of um, Inside Run Podcast. Mm. Or how, oh, they fa- just, how they found out about it? Yeah, like how'd you find out about it? Like how'd you come across this? I can't listen to podcasts without listening to episode one and going through. I, I, I hate the idea of jumping in midway. I've got to start at 
one, day one. Problem is though, like depending on how long it takes you to catch up, often stuff is just so outdated. Like imagine, imagine being like 50 episodes behind and then getting to this episode and we're talking about the Sydney Harbour 10K results or Bandura. And it's like, oh fuck, like this yeah. is just so, so much old news. But it would make more sense in the first half an hour. Like imagine just tuning in last week and it's like, oh yeah, this guy's having heart surgery. And it's just yeah. like shit. He used to be. Out. What are you around two seventeen? Yeah. Well, imagine yeah. that's your first episode. Why is this guy on a Why is this guy on a running podcast? <laughs> we got to re-release our, the ones we want the most. Oh, I actually, I'm going to do that. We're going to float that idea with you boys. Like, I want to do a best of interview. So, like, say we release this on a Monday or whatever. Like, just on the weekend, it's just like, oh, this week we're re- re-releasing Sean Crichton. Or like Dixon. Dixon, stuff like that. Ross Murray. <laughs> like just like once a month, just like throw one out. Because the old Murray, ones, the old ones you got to go back to Podbean and listen to. That will be the first best of we will release. Keep an eye on our social medias. We might do something cool for uh, episode 300 where we want to know more about the listeners. Anyway, boys, that's done. Nearly two hours. See you next week. See ya. Thanks to the Prep Adelaide Marathon for sponsoring the show. The Prep Adelaide Marathon is on again. Register now for the Prep Marathon, Half Marathon, or the family-friendly Ciccone 10K or 5K event. Seize your personal best with Prepped and get ready for the 45th Adelaide Marathon, Sunday, August 27. Register at adelaidemarathon.com.au.